Coming up on Harvard Chan this week in health, the final countdown to election day. My knee-jerk reaction would be to turn off the television. If you're stressed about the presidential campaign, one expert offers some advice for the days ahead. Plus, we'll take a look at some of the other top health headlines of the week, including a new study that's raising some questions about the benefits of so-called good cholesterol. Hello and welcome to Harvard Chan This Week in Health. It's Thursday, November 3rd, 2016. I'm Noah Levitt. Amy Montemuro is off this week. And as we record this episode, we're just days away from Election Day in the U.S. and the end of one of the most contentious political campaigns in history. No matter who you support, this election cycle has been a stressful one. So we decided to talk about the impact of that stress and some ways to reduce it with Vish Vishvanath, who is the Lee Kum Kee Professor of Health Communication at the Harvard Chan School and co-director of the Lee Kum Shung Center for Health and Happiness. And Vish, when we talk about news coverage, be it positive or negative, when people see a story online or on Facebook, how does that affect them? There is uh, some evidence that has been building over time that exposure to negative emotions or information with a lot of negative emotions uh, could potentially lead to uh, a variety of uh, outcomes, uh, particularly uh, in terms of feeling uh, un- uh, dissatisfied, uh, unhappy, um, and and stressful, and uh, you know, changing people's attitudes and perceptions. And when we talk specifically about an election, what kinds of things do we see or hear that might be stressful? Presidential campaigns. Uh, can communicate messages in two ways. Uh, one, uh, which would be an optimal way to do that is, you know, what is going right and what else can go right and how you can get about or set about uh, writing things uh, so that uh, you can continue to improve the conditions of people and the country itself. Uh, but uh, as you know, Uh, That is not the case. Communicating uh, usually that there is plenty wrong with the country, the country is going in the wrong direction, and therefore you need to really throw out the current incumbents and bring in new people to solve the problem. And, And the emphasis is disproportionately on what is wrong with the current society and current politics and the current situation in the country rather than what is right. Uh, and that creates this impression among people that uh, everything in this country is uh, going in the wrong direction uh, and that things are horrible, even though the objective reality may be different. And just an aside here, while the long-term health effects of this are unknown, Vishwanath says this kind of negative coverage can affect behavior. For example, he says someone exposed to large amounts of violent television may believe that criminal activity is on the rise in a particular area, even if it may not be. That could lead a person to support harsher sentencing guidelines for certain crimes. Another potential effect of negative coverage, increasing cynicism and mistrust of the political system as a whole. And Vishwanath also says we can't discount the effects of social media, the stories posted on Facebook or Twitter. He says that in the current media climate, people need to work harder to seek out opposing viewpoints, which often means that social media ends up being an echo chamber, where people are only reading the things that support their positions. And so if I'm someone who's watching all this coverage or seeing stories in my Facebook news feed, 
Are there any recommendations for things people can do to feel less stressed? My knee-jerk reaction uh, answer to that question would be to turn off the television and forget about news. Uh, but obviously, um, as, as a uh, consumer of information and news, uh, I am hesitant to rec- make that recommendation. Uh, but I would, I would urge people to think about, uh, think much more critically about what politicians are saying when they say things are wrong with the country. The objective reality is that if you look uh, over the last 15, 20, 30 years, uh, people are much more healthier. People's lifespan has increased. Uh, People are living longer. Uh, We have all kinds of uh, uh, technological advancements that have made our life uh, easier. This does not mean uh, that there are certain groups uh, who have been uh, disproportionately negatively affected uh, by the economic and social conditions. Is the best way to address it to tear down the system or is it to remember what has worked and what can we do to make it work for everybody and not for some groups? Uh, also think about the assets in your own life. We have families, we have friends, we have good relationships. So let us focus uh, on those positive assets. But again, I do want to caution uh, that I am not so naive as to think that everybody uh, can take advantage of it. There are a lot of stressful conditions out there, a lot of stressors out there. Uh, There are a number of people who are suffering from poverty and other, other kinds of material and economic deprivation. But let us think about that human side of it rather than just get caught up in the negative discourse. So that's Vishwanath's advice for those days leading up to the election. But what about after the election, if your candidate loses, either in a presidential race or even a local election? Well, first of all, he urges people to remember that we live in a democratic society with checks and balances and where elections do happen every two years. But more importantly, he says, if you're frustrated or angry, get involved in your community, advocate for what you believe in, and take back some control. It is not what you can do on your own, I think we have a tendency to put the onus on ourselves, but to think ourselves of a, or, uh, as a part of a citizenry, a group, or a community, and see what can we do to, ad- to raise and address the issues we are interested in working with other people. Uh, so go out, organize, advocate, agitate. We are allowed to do those things in the system, and we should do that. Uh, that will give you a sense of power and and lessen this sense of alienation. There are many things, many avenues in a democratic system uh, for you to to record your, uh, uh, not only on your unhappiness, but also to do something about it. And we should take advantage of it, but we should take advantage of it by working with other people rather than just feeling depressed on our own. That was Vish Vishwanath on stress and the election. And if you're interested in learning more about his work at the Lee Kum Shung Center for Health and Happiness, we'll have a link on our website, hsph.me slash thisweekinhealth. Now we'll look at some other top health headlines of the week. A new study is raising questions about the benefits of HDL, or so-called good cholesterol. For years, researchers have thought that HDL offered some protection against heart attack and stroke. 
where researchers at Canada's Institute for Clinical Evaluative Sciences say HDL has little effect on heart health. They looked at data from 630,000 people in Ontario and found that while people with the lowest HDL levels were more likely to die of cardiovascular complications, the risk did not drop steadily as HDL levels increased. There was a dip in risk of death from heart disease for those with HDL levels above 31 mg per deciliter, but there was little change beyond that. In fact, people with HDL levels of between 31 and 40 mg per deciliter and those with levels greater than 90 mg per deciliter had a similar risk of death from heart disease. Researchers say this doesn't mean HDL should be totally discounted. Cardiologists tell the online publication STAT that more nuanced studies on the effects of HDL may be needed. And they say it may still be useful to keep measuring HDL because it does seem to be correlated with other factors affecting health, such as diet and exercise habits. A new report finds that 300 million children are breathing toxic air. According to UNICEF, one in seven kids live in areas with the most toxic levels of air pollution, those with measurements of six or more times higher than international guidelines. Researchers use satellite imagery to measure the impact of air pollution, finding the heaviest toll in South Asia and Africa. It's estimated that air pollution is a major contributor to the deaths of 600,000 children under the age of five each year. The findings come ahead of the upcoming United Nations Climate Change Conference in Morocco, where UNICEF will be calling on countries to take action to cut air pollution. And finally this episode, how much Nutella do you eat? Be honest, because the FDA really wants to know. That's because the FDA is considering cutting the serving size of the chocolate hazelnut spread from two tablespoons to one. So Nutella is currently classified as a dessert topping, which means its labels have a serving size of two tablespoons. But the maker of Nutella, Ferrero Rocher, says it should be put in the same category as jam or other spreads because Americans are putting it on their toast and not on top of their desserts. It would also make it appear to consumers as if the spread has fewer calories and sugar. One two-tablespoon serving of Nutella has 200 calories and 21 grams of sugar. If you are a Nutella eater and you'd like to weigh in, you have 60 days to share your eating habits with the FDA. And that's all for this week's episode of Harvard Chan This Week in Health. I'm Noah Levin. A reminder that you can always find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher.